spidey senses tingling. He's the host, the uh, executive producer, with the lips the color of pink Starburst Chewy Candies. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, and this is the real episode 233. Welcome to the shoe, paperkeg.com, three buddies get together, and we, we, we pick a book. We go our separate ways and read it, and we return to the show to talk about it. And sometimes we stick to it. This week, Black River by Josh Simmons. Give it up for them gangsters. One time for them killers. Double up for them. Time for the gangsters. And then we'll read your letters live to close out the show. You know, we're back on track. The paper keg freight train is back on the rails, so to speak. The numbers are in. You know, Dale and I had a meeting this morning just to review the numbers. 5.30 a.m. meeting before we went to work. It was intense. Dale underscore A, you're the VP of merch, VP of numbers. You put this whole thing together. You sent out these paper keg stickers to uh, our Patreon supporters. Welcome back. Yeah, it's great to be back. I mean, I felt like we needed to get it done, and 5.30 kind of gets us started for the day. You know what I mean? The uh, like a coffee commercial. The first thing you do is you like pop on the uh, coffee maker. You go back in the bathroom and kind of lift your shirt up and scratch your torso. You're trying to gather your thoughts for the day. Like, what are we going to talk about on this meeting? Is it going to be good? What are the numbers exactly? Right. There's we have stand up meetings. We don't sit because we we have a lot to get to that we call stand ups yeah. in the business world. It's healthy. It's like more healthy. I think you probably, I mean, you, Jonesy, you would, pr- if you were to take a walk in Manhattan, you would probably see like pamphlets on every street corner about, you know, how to conduct stand up business meetings, things like this. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking for the pamphlet on how to get invited to the meetings. Oh, well. <laughs> well, you're, too, no, baby you're too busy telling me that I have pink yeah. lips that, uh, I mean, that, they, that they influence are... somehow my health Ooh. status. Listen, let, uh, I am the least informed when it comes to health. I just noted that your lips were exceptionally pink. Maybe it's this, uh, uh, bleep this out, but this Skype uh, video that just has some kind of pink shade, <laughs> some pink tint to your lips that you don't have in, you know, real life. Yeah, we couldn't pull in this, the the bleep sponsorship, so let's bleep that word out. Just so no one's aware of what kind of video technology we're using for this episode. Yeah, I mean, this is an unsanctioned Skype mm-hmm. run sure. we're using yeah. right now. Everybody knows that. Not sanctioned. Now, you are... Disavowed. Great word, obviously, because you're a walking thesaurus. You're a writer, Jonesy. By trade, some would say. You do a very successful newsletter campaign through our Patreon. 
huge. I've got up to two likes one time on a post. Hugely successful. Maybe that that this is a burgeoning newsletter career like that of Warren Ellis, who you talked recently about on the James Bond comic book that you loved. But welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, good morning, sinners. Uh, my newsletter, you know, always warms my heart when I post a newsletter and like what seems like 20 minutes later, I get an email from Patreon that somebody has reduced their $10 <laughs> pledge to $1. Uh, it's quite heartening <laughs> and it just keeps me going every week. You know, I guess those two paragraphs a week, just, you know, they're not enough, Jonesy. No, I guess, you know, no one cares. I, I know I get my one like a week from Bex Cordo and maybe that's all I need to know. Yeah, to maybe, uh, the, our Patreon backers who get an email revealing that you, uh, you know, you're sloshing around in ankle deep blood and wastewater from the redacted bathrooms kind of freaked them out and <laughs> scuzzed them enough to uh i know i was going hard for the flap you know i wanted people to know what a typical day was like in the world of giant eagles beer and sometimes mm-hmm. that straight geyser blood from every facial orifice you know just because i mean i don't know if that's what i would have signed up for from a jonesy newsletter well, you know, you get it. You you get the funny, and you get the real hard hitting stuff. Plus, Jonesy, I mean, you have to at a certain point in one's life. Just a reminder: Black River is our book club this week from Josh <laughs> Simmons. You know, you you step back, you assess what's important in your life, and you you understand that it's not all about the likes and the faves and the retweets. Mm. It's about you, and it's about your family, Jonesy. Absolutely right. I've been waiting for that nugget of advice to pull me back from the edge for for some time now. I'm, I'm thankful that I was there along with a bottle of full throttle energy or whatever your energy drink of choice is at 11 p.m. at night. I mean, sometimes you just needed to get through the night. You know, it keeps the night terrors at bay. The you like know? night terrors? The fave terrors? Yeah. It, <laughs> just thinking, you know, rolling over. My phone, logging on to Patreon, two, three, four in the morning, baby's crying, baby's always crying. I look at, you know, maybe it's, maybe I got up to three likes, and then that, that number one just mm-hmm. stares at you, like, hey, you big turd, no matter how hard you try, no one's ever going to care about you or your life's blood as you spill getting it. getting a little dark, you know, in this, <laughs> we're not talking about Black River just In this yet. case, it's, he's talking <laughs> about real blood, real life blood. <laughs> Uh, so real work snotties and, and sinusy triple layer <laughs> socks in it, and hopefully a tiled bathroom with a drain. Otherwise, not concrete. Oh there was a drain, though. Thankfully, no. You know, people don't know what Jonesy's talking about because most of the people that read this have downgraded their Patreon subscription, so they don't really <laughs> want to hear anymore. We have Black River is our book club. We have a PK Christmas right around the corner. We're all going to see each other probably for the first time, maybe in a couple of years. We've all been together with our families. Yeah. My gosh. Um, you know, I just saw fresh over the newswire. Secret Wars final issue is out by the time the show posts. Whoa. You guys reading that? That Secret Wars? Nope. No, I, I you know, I, I was, hmm. I was so enamored. I was so enamored and overwhelmed by the amount of Secret Wars tie-ins that I wanted in on that I just had to just say, no, I, I can't read any of them. Wow. Because I was saving myself 
For an omnibus? Right, for an omnibus. So I'm a Secret Wars version. <laughs> an omnibus that would that would that your doctor would advise you not to attempt to read because it's a thousand pages and you'd probably pull a back muscle. Right, yeah. So if I were like sitting on a chair with my legs out on some ottoman and I rested the book on my knees, it would break my knees and the other way. <laughs> Like those aliens in that Charlie Sheen alien movie. The Arrival. The Arrival. Yeah, or my knees would just buckle Is that the one backwards. where he had the car? Yeah. You're Disgustingly. Your my, my Arrival <laughs> callbacks. Blood That's all over what they tune in for. Hardwood floor with no drain. Maybe we should do The Arrival for our next Paper Keg movie <laughs> episode. That's like loosely comic sure. booky, maybe? Sure. <laughs> uh... Let's uh, let's move on into the book club. Sure. It's time. Sure. Black River from Fanagraphics, Josh Simmons, his first full-length graphic novel since 2007. He's back. I saw this cover in the app, and I said, that's a sexy cover. We should do that book. Be- Jonesy, what is Black River? Black River. You know, uh, the post apocalyptic realm has been mined heavily. So here we have another entry, dare I say a critique on the genre that follows a group of young ladies uh, and a man as they travel uh, along a river discovering storehouses, you know, practicing uh sexual deviance just basically getting through the day uh in this this collapsed world where according to one character all of the apropos world enders happened you know an asteroid hit a virus happened you know there was a plague there was a nuclear war all the, you know as i said this is a critique uh, you know, the world has has moved on and these characters uh, basically explore whatever terrible thing can happen to someone or something or they can do that's terrible happens in this book. Uh, you know, they, they try to <clears throat> befriend uh, this kind of wandering dolt. They take him uh, along with them. Uh, her. I think it was a. I think it was a her. Oh, it, you're right. It was a. It was a her pretending to be a him, and then they kind of come across this uh, rape gang, this armed rape gang. Uh, they you know fight them off, and uh, seemingly are able to put their post-world lives back together, and then in one of the most depressing endings uh, of any book I've maybe ever read. They're like, oh, are we ever going to make it to Gaithersburg? And the one character is like, no, man, we that was a smoking room when we passed years ago. This is just our lives now. And it was 12 years as ago. <laughs> as, as they go to take a, a, a storage facility from a, a gang they don't even know. And then in one of those bizarre uh, stingers. Probably some rape gang. Probably some rape army, uh, you know. Someone's going to have to explain to me the the last two pages because it's just a girl in a pointy hat in a snowfield digs for something in the snow, gets up and walks away. The end. This book, I don't think I've ever read a book like this in that I really did not like it through the middle portion where they got to that gang. 
Like I was just so turned off and I was like, this is not for me. And I don't know what happened, but it was the, the, the ending where I realized that, you know, the thing is this young group, I mean, they seem like, um, I don't know, like pure as snow in a manner of speaking. They're very clean still during this apocalypse situation. They're raiding like an old apartment, like a warehouse and they're finding food and guns and they're all excited. It was like episode one of walking dead characters. Yes. And then through the journey, you're on like season five walking dead at the, by the last segment of the book. And the beginning, they're like, yo, I heard there's this town that has everything for us. We could, we should go there. And in this bender, the leader's like, yeah, sure. And then they're just so beaten down by everything by the last scene. Like, you know, what happened to that town that we were going to go to that was going to, that was going to save us. And the one character's like, oh, we went there. It was, it was broken down. That was 12 years ago. And then that one scene was like, holy God, like these people have been through hell and like all that time has elapsed and I've seen their horrific journey unfold and it actually saved the book for me. Just realizing their journey was just so awful. And this is literally a horror movie. This book, it's like a horror movie and it, I, I really loved it. This threw me for a loop from page one. I mean, I was not very compelled by this book until the scene where after they have the orgy, they, uh, compelled you. They, sure. they yeah. leave, they you leave the compelled. one pure, pure, pure ish friend. Of course, the orgy out by the snow. <laughs> so, Oh, I forgot about that. So scene. they leave the friend out there and then after, you know, their business is done. Well, I mean, the friend even says that like, I'm going to stay out of here and enjoy the beauty of the water hitting the ice. Right. It's she, they're on like an ice cap. And she's on the edge, right? So they're they're in the tent, you know, heated by bodily function, and then they hear what crack. Uh, you know, one character is like, "Oh, it's just the ice, relax." They get up in the morning. The pure friend is like dangling, half in, half out of the water, frozen. They just look at each. They just look at each other and just take their handguns out and like just basically have target practice. With this character, like, well, they're, she's they're dead. Like nine, they're like, well, they get out there, and she's like ninety eight percent frozen to death. Oh yeah, she, you can see the position she's in. Seventy five percent of her body is like in the water, and her, her hands are like clawed onto the top of the ice. She's frozen, trying to get out. Oh, well, I, mean, look, I like. Let that, me be honest. That they did her. In my tracks. They did her a favor. Obviously, that, that's not in contention. But but man, man I but felt that was so eight terrible. hours ago. If they could have shot that's, her eight hours ago, that would have been the biggest favor. <laughs> well, that's when I knew that this book was going to be. It, I was. I shouldn't be worried about a linear story because that's not the message that the author was intending to give me. It was. I understood at that point that it wasn't quite parody, but it was maybe his answer to an an overabundance of post apocalyptic media that was available. To, that scene felt like the first glimpse of raw horror yeah. that this book is about. And it, that scene, while horrific, still didn't even prepare me for the kind of cannibal Holocaust-like <laughs> scenes that were about to come. Yeah, the uh, I agree. I, I, I mean, I love this book, but I was very, I don't know, I was very deceived going into it 
and coming out by the end because like for one I think it's safe to say that the art is kind of deceiving you don't you just don't think you're going to get into this horrific kind of book looking at the art I love the art it was awesome but it was just like the manner of the uh, the the art style was just like how you just don't know how that how how deep he can plumb the uh, the depths of that like bad people are bad you know what i mean and but it but it serves so well i mean and but in that sense the art serves so well to be able to kind of get away with what the horrific stuff he was trying to tell because it like served it almost made it more readable like you could still almost like look at the pages even though really bad stuff was happening and i i like the friend freezing in the ice was bad, but I think once they hit the comedy club and it like there was never really any funny bits to it, I was just like, this book is way darker than I ever assumed it was going to be. And the non funny bits went on like I forgot my tablet, so I read this on my phone on the train tonight. And which actually worked because of the formatting of the panels, it was like perf- perfect for the phone. But man, that the, the comedy scene, the comedy club scene went on for a while with like dark, non-funny bits. Yeah, you're just like let you were just hanging there, like the pacing and the timing of that scene was just like man, you got uncomfortable because there's nothing. You just wanted it to end because it was just bad, just bad and, news. And it the it created a vibe of like something really bad is going to happen. If I stay here, like if I were in that group, I would just be itching to get out of there right. because this scene is no good. I mean, they keep going back to this squirrely looking dude who looks like, you know, a Christmas story character, like an elf or something or a gnome. And it was just like, oh, my God, what is going to happen in this scene? I'm, I'm terrified. I, for one, uh, was terrified by the fact that even though their best friends were dying in the gang scene that followed directly after, no one even seemed too, like, broken up about it. You know what I mean? So, like, at some point they go to save one of the main characters. One of the main characters, spoilers, uh, is non-cooperative in this scenario and is tossed into this dry riverbed where the person doesn't die right away. They linger, like basically bodily broken in the bottom of this dry riverbed, and her screams of agony finally jar the others into action. But at no point before that did the rest of the group, like they were just chill with the fact that they were about to get stripped down and used, and they're pretty much, this is life here. We got caught. Right. We're going to get used. We're going to get tossed aside, and we'll just take our clothes and leave after one. Yeah, because, I mean, the vibe was just like, let's get this done because it's either this and probably survive or fight it, and you're going to die. Like, do you want to lose your... Like, they weren't ready at this point in their lives to just lose their life, even though they they're living the pits in this life that they lead they weren't ready for death yet and that's most assuredly what would happen i mean the guy the one man in the group as soon as the the hard R army uncover him they just <laughs> they kill him right away because yeah, that like, was that was bonkers and they kind of knew that like they the flow of that story was they they 
something bad happens in the in the comedy club, so they kill this guy and a few others, and they 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 they're on the run from there. And I think that his buddies come after them, or at least that's how I read later in the story. They get intercepted by this gang, so they're the group the group of girls in the one man are kidnapped, and you you just assume the absolute worst. And thankfully, they decided not to like have just this explicit. <laughs> scene of the worst happening to these characters right. which you know I, I referenced Cannibal Holocaust which I watched recently and I mean there it felt like a 30 minute scene of just the absolute worst thing you can imagine happening to a character and like you still feel the the immense dread of that scene even though they're not like showing you what's happening to these women because the the, the leader like has a dialogue with them as they're tied up in this field and Jonesy, you mentioned how they're not broken up. I feel like every time there was, well, to back up, there's always a gorgeous double-page spread of them walking along the river at the at different points of their, like, locations. And I think right before that, they meet up with new people, and the new people are brought into their gang. So I'm, I'm unsure if the first women that were, like, brought into that den were new gang members or new crew members or if they were their friends. Like, honestly, I can't remember, but that could be a reason why they were not as of, compelled. Yeah. But I mean, even then, I don't know, like the one, the leader was compelled at one point, but like, I don't know how I would react in that situation. Like how compelled would you be to act in that scenario? Because that means essentially you're next. Like you just mm-hmm. jumped up to the top of the line in this, in this little, thing we're doing here yeah you know that that leader who talked about life as a passed by in this world basically his story is you know he was a good guy before uh he did what he had to do to survive and once that got old he challenged himself to do more and more awful things to see how far down the path that he would go and I know I've seen that archetype, you know, like on The Walking Dead and, and, you know, things like this where you see the depravity of man. But to have it, to have it rather laid out like that from a character basically just saying there is no, you know, accountability in this world. So I just wanted to see how far I could go before I die was maybe the single most depressing thing I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> and yeah, and you're right. I mean, what would, and I, 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 it's odd saying, but I feel like this is a more realistic version of, you know, the, the apocalyptic scenario of the walking dead, how, you know, obviously there was these gorgeous skyline drawings of kind of like our messed up sky after all the scenarios happened. It was gorgeous, mm-hmm. but like, you know, what would that life be like if there's no repercussions? And what you know, how would people act? And I, you, you definitely see it with this one character. And I mean, how awful was that one scene that you've referenced, Jonesy, about the woman in the, the waterless pit, where like she's oh. still alive, and they're like, shut her up. She's gonna you know wake the others or whatever. And they just throw these big rocks over to her yeah. until her then on humanely is yeah. crushed. I'm like oh my, like I was cringing reading it. Yeah, I mean, and that's that whole scenario was like maybe 50% of the book, like that whole thing. And it just wasn't 
I mean, it goes back to the pacing we were talking about, but it doesn't end it like just like in the comedy club, but in a, on a larger scale, I guess. And just everything intertwined together. And the poor woman who's like, they finish with her and she's like grabbing at herself and she's like these, I never wanted these. And I'm like, where's this oh, going? Yeah. And, and it luckily it, that doesn't get, I was like, is this going to get the graphic? And then it didn't. But uh, Josh Simmons just does a great job of like, letting you know that there's bad things happening even though he's not drawing it all out. Perfect, Dale. That is a perfect mood that this book sets that even though he's not going to has to draw out what's terrible going on, you can rest assured that off panel equally mm-hmm. horrible things are also happening. That's you hit the nail on the head with that. And I think the the mood is is like a huge part of it, but his cartooning style yeah allows that kind of strange parallel of something awful happening like you could see this sim a similar story happen in some kind of you know lower rate art style or lower rate writing and maybe it would just be like you know this is just a snuff you know garbage horror book but it feels like it holds more weight coming from an art style that's not usually a horror book like it, it makes you it like wakes you up. It's like oh, a splash yeah. of cold water on your face. Yeah, when you're it really it. does. Yeah, and the um, I mean, and and just like the fact that you know, looking back over the book now, I'm thumbing through the pages now, but you don't find out until the end that it's been twelve years that they of what they lived through. So just like what is highlighted in the book, just kind of like points to what they live through off screen too, because this, there's a, there's the scene not too long after the, the, um, the R camp where the lady, she's like, she's like muttering to herself and singing. And then in just in front of the group, she just puts the gun in her mouth and like blows her, blows her head off and that's it. But there's like, there's no context. She is just like frazzled and wired. Like you can, obviously you can tell she's a, there's something like she's her wires are crossed because her eyes are all bugged out and stuff. So she's just lived a a life like she's finally had enough where she just right. blows her head off and like falls in the pile of snow. And who really knows how many years that was since their escape? Because the pa- I mean, one of the brilliant things done in this book, and you know my feelings about it. Uh, regardless, one of the brilliant things he does is never explains the passage of time to right. you so that that final scene can have that poignant effect that it had on Slim where it's like, oh, wow, this is this is decades we've been watching, not just mm-hmm. what feels like a couple of weeks. And even when you get to that scene, that's when it hit me because I remembered back to that scene where they they found that house with the socks and the guns. And they just looked so pure at yeah. that point. And then I, eventually I, I jumped back to that scene and I was like, my God, how long ago was that scene? And then you look back to these characters and they're so worn down and dirty and and like, you know, hellish. Like they've been through hell. And even the one female character that had like the crusty, the clown hair, she like started mm. cutting her hair off and she was so done with life at that point, she cut like just one half of her hair off and she just took the scissors and just like dragged them down her face. She was just so numb mm-hmm. to life at that point. Like, 
and she was so gravy, and it was so and it was so crazy because what had what she lived, she just started beating herself up for it. Like she's like, I'm so effing ridiculous. I don't want to live. Like I'm not strong like you guys. Like she was so worn down that she just had it and she just starts like slicing her own face like she's going to start like it's not she doesn't think for one second that it's the circumstances like she it's just like it's gotten to her so much that she's the one that's so effing ridiculous it's like don't say that (laughs) like do you realize what you're going through right now? i know and it was it was it was like her send-off because she started like cutting her face like two swipes and it wasn't like you know, oh my God, someone stopped her. She was doing it like slowly, like she didn't even care and she just got up and left. And then one of the crew members was like, where's so-and-so? We gotta go get her. And then like in your head, the one character is like, she's not coming back. And then she's like, what are you talking about? And like me reading it, I was like, dude, you have no idea. She is not coming back. We need to <laughs> just let her go. <laughs> like she needs to do what she needs to do. But yeah, the, the journey, the revelation of how long it's been seeing them plan on like overtaking this gang of like 40 dudes to try to start with a fortified position it was heartbreaking and then i don't i don't have an interpretation jensie for the ending the only thing i could see was this character with i kind of almost viewed it as footsteps behind her like she was leaving footsteps or imprints behind her and she kept wanting to cover them up so i don't know how i wanted to Mm. interpret that but that's how I saw it. Uh, my interpretation, the classic Jonesy. Fa- I haven't sighed in so long. Uh, <laughs> uh, to me, it was maybe, and I'm probably wrong. But there's one person left in the world. They have no idea what they're doing. This is a pointless world that's left, and the person just walks off. All right, <laughs> I'm getting closer That's what she was thinking. I'm getting closer to my home. Hold on, I'm going to burn some incense. I'm getting closer to What, this is the mindset you need to be in if you're in the post-apocalypse. Your friends are cutting their faces. You need to forget about it. I mean, maybe it's the last woman on Earth. It's There's freshly fallen snow, and she doesn't want to ruin the moment with her footsteps. She's so bugged out. Maybe she doesn't want to be followed. She's covering up her steps. I don't know. I don't know. But I, yeah, I was I, really not into the book in the middle part with the, with the gang. I, it totally lost me, and then it it won me back over with that ending. Nice. I'm looking back now, and it's the how about it's when, the it, woman with the crusty the clown hair too. Is it? Yeah, because when she's cutting her hair in her face, her cap, her like 
pointed hood is like laying in back of her. I'm looking at it now. So that's her out in the middle of the snow too. Man. She went through some stuff. How about the um the comedy club where the guy gets the drug the gumdrop? <laughs> yeah, what and is that? Like, is that like Quaaludes? I don't know, but how creepy was it where he just like grabbed it on that bar tape with broken glass and then he realized that he probably had some of that broken glass and he like starts spitting up blood. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just like, what is transpiring here? Because it was just getting nuts. He is getting closer to his home. I mean, I like, it, it, I, I love this book. I, uh, it's, if I think it's like, it's so, it's like 114 pages Fanographics. It's a it's a cool paperback for like thirteen dollars or something. Um, I you know I got the comics only version, but I really want that that bookshelf edition now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's a great read if you're into horror at all. You know, and, and you need that uh, you need that to feel something instead of cutting your own face. Yeah, get Black River. Yeah, definitely recommend it. I I loved. It. I think all three of us loved it. Uh, Slim uh, rebounded big time. Come the end of that book, and I'll, I'll, I'll be if I can be honest with you. I was, I thought I picked another dud midway through oh, in that wow. scene. I was like, man, I was about to text a man. I was like, I did it again, dud Dudsville, because of just the the feelings it was conveying. Yeah, I think the I just felt so depressed mm-hmm. reading the gang scene. Yeah, like I didn't know. I was like, I don't want to have to go through this. What else? Couldn't we right. have done something else? Yeah, especially when you said that this was going to be a palate cleanser. <laughs> it's just it <laughs> and put, I qu- and you quote and, yeah yeah and what it, all it really does is like leave a taste in your mouth like you want uh, to go hug somebody. Yeah, I could have used a hug after. Jay, I don't know if Jonesy technically loved it. You don't sa- you didn't sound like you were in love with it. You liked certain parts, right? Uh, no, I, I I think maybe I wasn't clear. I was not keen on the book until the. Uh, the open, I guess the end of the opening salvo when I realized that it was like a, you know, parody slash critique of the genre, then I was like fully on board for how he was going to unfold that as the story progressed. And I found, after that, I found each of his choices very interesting. I think I went into it thinking, oh my God, here we go, another book about a bunch of people wandering the wasteland and once it kind of clicked that this was more of a expose on that genre, I was really excited about the choices he was going to make. And I don't think I was disappointed uh, after that because I thought the, you know, comedy club on the edge of the world was fascinating. We don't see that anywhere. And that's definitely a uh, a comment on, you know, mm-hmm. the degradation of society and what people think is acceptable I, there's no such thing as a comedy club on the walking dead so it was obviously you know a tongue-in-cheek moment which i thought was very very well done and i thought uh especially the ending the ending scene where they're kind of wandering through the woods and the gibbering madness falls on on everybody is like the actual thing that would really happen you know, and that kind of made me love it more because we always see these people in these scenarios be so noble or, you know, they're they're made of steel all the way to the end. And, you know, 
let, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's take a hard look. You know, we lose our families, lose everything. We're wandering in the woods. Literally everything's been stripped away. Who is going to want to remain sane? You know, at this point, let it all, you know, at that point, let it all go. You know what I mean? I think um, we're, I think we would have been that old man in that comedy club because they don't really reference what year it was and some of the younger characters don't know what actually happened because the, 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 there's like an 80-year-old man doing stand-up and he says, did, did anyone else watch DuckTales when they were kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then he references like the Great Flood of 32. So I think this would, would have been us. Like this probably, you know, would have been like, you know, a couple decades into our future. Mm-hmm. Totally. I mean, many decades. We're not that old, but the uh, it's Except it's funny because I I I can't seem to ever. I know there's like a deluge, maybe of uh, post apocalyptic stuff, but I I love it. I can't get enough of it. I'm I'm not. I've yet to be burned out on the subject matter, and I would uh, if it if there was uh, anything that piqued my interest that took place there, I would definitely consume it. Other than the road, I'm definitely not. I have no interest in reading that because I'm a father and I heard that if you're a father, you don't want to read it. But other, otherwise, I mean, Fallout 4, for what it is, it's good. But, you know, I'll take the, I'll, I'll take the post-apocalyptic uh, future and any stories contained therein. I'd, I would love to see some of his double-page spreads colored just to see a variation of the black and white. It was gorgeous in black and white, mm-hmm. some of his full-page Yeah, it really was gorgeous. Art. But with that skyline, I'd love to see an interpretation of what that skyline looked like after, you know, an apocalypse. Yeah. I think we're back in the wind column after this one. I, uh, I waited till that wind column fell in ice, and then I got up out of my tent flap, and I shot it full of holes. That's how good the episode was. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like Elvis. Shoot the TV. <laughs> Give me a fried peanut butter banana sandwich. Next week, Brian K. Vaughn. Mm. Canada. Mm. Is it that we stand on guard? You ever heard of that? Many series. We'll see everybody next week.
It's like a dying cat. <laughs> Mucus all over its face, probably. Oh my and God. blood. Probably. I, if, if I could get a clip, I never have my camera. I can never do it in time. But I, if I could get like a vine of my cat sneezing once every 10 minutes... I, I, if I like, if I w- was on a reality show, there would be an episode of my cats like the dogs pooping on the Osbournes, like the whole episode devoted to the dogs just pooping in the house or something. That's cats for you. Yeah, that's my cats, uh, jerks. All right. Good night. So, then. Uh, all right. Good. Uh, let's uh, wrap it up. I had a sneeze coming. I had to, you know, hold fast. Listen, uh, for those who might not be able to decipher, you know, uh, audibly, Slim is ill. Very ill. I got, I got pink lips. Uh, his his Diagnosed. Pa- his pallor is like a white sheet of copy paper. And in contrast, his lips are quite pink, like... Very flushed lips. I don't know if that's even possible. Like he put some kind of, you know, that stuff where a lady has a, the little brush in the tube, and then she puts the brush on her lips. That's what I uh, think it is. Maybe he's got chap lips. Maybe he needs some lip moisturizer. Maybe that's maybe he needs some Burt's bees. Need some lap, lip chap. I'll tell you about the Burt's bees. I uh, I've recently. It's been. I don't know, it's been probably a year since I've used the redacted, you know, big one lip moisturizer, you know. But they put the addictive chemical in it that makes you need it more, for one. Why is it redacted? It, because they're on. not sponsoring the show. For oh. is, that, is that a real thing, or did you just take a page out of my book, my <laughs> creepy conspiracy theory book? That's, uh, I probably, you know, have a, have a, a footnote in your book. I don't know for sure. I've heard, I've read, uh, you know, places I forget where. I can't, I can't back up where I've read it. But um, about a year ago, I switched, and there's a place online where I would buy uh, my hair products, <laughs> and they sell, they sold lip balm as well. So I started buying it there. And then I bought enough, and I would get like enough free samples where I had a, probably a, a year's eight months worth of uh, lip moisturizer from Every Man Jack. I'll give them a plug because I like them. Um, made in the USA, no animal testing done on their products, which is big for me. And I, I assume since it's not declared on the redacted redacted stick, they must do animal testing as well. And uh, so. I'm 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 running out of every man jack lip balm. I'm I'm out. So I go to the Walgreens, I'm like, they gotta have something here for me. I got the Burt's Bees, which went from nothing to something. And I'm like, oh let me get this nice peppermint. It's peppermint. No animal testing, made in the USA. I love it. It's very uh it makes my lips feel alive. But of course, I got two kids. Who uh, have chapped lips, and sometimes it bugs me, so I got to put it on them. And as soon as I I put my new lip balm on their lips, I mean, they're they just they start doing the curly shuffle. Their lips just set on fire because they can't handle peppermint. So it's so, like the best worst thing. Can I ask a question? How many times do you lather your lips a day? 
oh my gosh, six at least. So is it the redacted that's causing the addiction or maybe it's just the reliance on the... Um, the well, it, lubricant. With both. It could be both. Could be both. I don't know for sure. I think Mouth when I was, lube. I think with the redacted, I was using it more, honestly. But right. we're heading into the uh, wind. We're heading into the wintry months, and this is going to be the real test. Hmm. You know, I haven't had uh, non-redacted big one lip chap stick. No lip chap lip. <laughs> So we'll see, you know, but ever since, I'll tell you, it's ever since I was on Accutane, as a young man, my lips have never recovered. They're always dry. <laughs> always dry. Thanks, Accutane. <laughs> at, least, at least I didn't kill myself like all the commercials I warned my mother I would do. Was that, was that a rumor that Accutane, uh... Oh, yeah, there were, like, there was, like, warnings on the package. The pharmacist was like, watch your son. Like, the thermatologist is like, watch your son because this can cause depression. And I don't know if somebody had committed suicide on Accutane, but there were warnings all over the place. My mom was on me like a hawk. Can you imagine, like, what drug commercials were like before they had to read all that junk? I bet people were probably like so stoked that they were like, man, now all these drugs have to read four paragraphs worth of, <laughs> you know, things and all their ads, they're done. And they, the commercials are great they still. They figured it out. <laughs> yeah. It's just videos of people having fun and they still just recite it over all that. You barely even notice anymore. It's normal. How crazy is that? I tell you, I, I, I clammed up, I, I tensed up on Sunday because um, I started discovering that the kids are, they kind of get into watching how it's made with me on science channel. They like, they'll sit there and and like zombify out, which I love because I like to watch that show. But as soon as like the first Viagra commercial came on and it started mentioning sex, I'm I'm just like, I can't, I got to change the channel science channel. I can't have my kids asking me about that now. They're three and five. Yeah. So we can't watch how it's made. Sorry, kids. I mean, it's a big part of how it's made, Viagra. Babies are made. (laughs) If you want to get deep. I feel like that was a long con setup. (laughs) But that's how babies are made. I feel like I was a patsy, and you both had that planned beforehand. Oh, boy. What was that? Is getting texts? Is that me? No, that wasn't me. I'm, I'm, I'm paused. We just got a oh on. man, we got a live. Just got a live tweet. Oh yeah, right over the wire here from the uh, from the old days. Sounds like episode sixty-two, Potter's Field. Nice run of D jokes by Dale underscore A. <laughs> Who's that from? Get, someone get this guy Gatorade. He's playing his A off this app so good. <laughs> oh man, oh. <sighs> wonder what was going on in that episode. Was that was that the flaccid era of uh, jokes? Well, uh, the Flacido Polanco. <laughs> uh, thank you at Redgrass State for that wonderful tweet. Uh, still can't believe that people feel compelled enough to go listen to our back catalog. Uh, I don't even want to know myself in person five years ago, let alone <laughs> what I was saying on a podcast. <laughs> 
Oh man, he just got uh, creeping on his Twitter feed now. He tweeted to Dale. He got that signed Walking Dead and also the Fear Agent Ash can. If you uh, yeah, did you see that? That's Walking Dead number two. Signed. If you go into his profile uh, and look at his uh, saw it. Yeah, oh, Ooh. <laughs> and uh, old man Heath on that Twitter header image looking good at Red Grass State. Mm. What does that mean, Red Grass State? I don't know. Can you get the intern on that? Stay tuned. Matt. How about that, uh, what? Triple H. Oh. Fact. How about that? Uh, <laughs> Jensen's just like saying words. He's, I don't know what's he's, going on. He's stroking out. <laughs> Anyone I heard, I heard Matt, Triple H. I don't know what's going on over there. Those are the two memories that have cycled through his, his synapses as he's dying. <laughs> the, uh, daredevil ad in uh, new york did you see that no it's, it's a moving uh ad they oh, man. it starts with videos of almost like daredevil's version of michelangelo's art at the sistine chapel and it's young matthew murdoch like with his hand out to i think older matthew murdoch or his dad and then it cycles to different pieces of art and then it's just like kind of flashbacks of Daredevil's fights. And then it pulls back to reveal that big poster. His mm. costume actually looks like the new Daredevil run costume. Like really? uh, it's cool. got, it's like dark red, but then it's got like pieces of bright red inside of it. Hmm. I don't know. God, you sound terrible. I feel great. That's all that matters. Don't no? be a hero. Don't be a hero. <laughs> Don't be a podcast hero. Don't be a podcast hero. Well, we got to get ready for our four-hour power hour next week. I'm going to record Paper Keg, interview with the podcast vampire. You guys are going to do a flap, uh, roundtable episode. It's, and, you know. And then it's on you guys. I'll be in Live in La Vida, France. Mm, man. I'd say let's get Scotty on here, but chances are the audio won't record. Oh, Jonesy, that's Man. that's low. Jonesy. I know that was. You know, Dale's recovering. He's he's been on a good run, and then you just want to break him down again, like that. That's wrong. You know what? Let me backpedal. Full apology banners flying. You know, maybe maybe all the digs about a private G chat, and I can't see the numbers. You know, maybe they get to a man. <laughs> figures you know jonesy why don't you try to orchestrate orchestrate an interview with scotty young i am gonna orchestrate it you're in charge of audio recording oh (laughs) we'll see we'll see how jonesy loves beer does at that at that junction listen why can't we just keep the tables turned the way they were when you know not (laughs) unnecessary to turn them against me dale's done now he's he's down in the in the dumps now i'm not he's finished yeah it's yeah sometimes just think Think about things, you know. <laughs> you know what we could do is see if old Chuck Forsman. Maybe we'll throw the uh, the feelers out for that guy. What do you think, Chucky Fors? I think he just did. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, with the Jensen, beauty of editing, live. you could just cut that <laughs> out and just you know do the hang up oh. noise before. Jensen, I maybe anything. you should edit this episode. Oh God, <laughs> you want to talk about the beauty of editing, All right. right? Otherwise. Slim's just going to keep it all in because it's a lot easier to do. <laughs> <laughs>